We are back with another episode of the Dirty Laundry Game Worn Hockey Podcast. Uh, thanks for the the likes, the comments. I kind of weekly go through and look at the listens across all the uh, the podcast platforms and YouTube, and we're over uh, just over three thousand listens, views, whatever. So thank you for that. Um, keep following, liking it. It kind of raises us up in all the different podcast groups and share it with your friends. And like I said, as I've said in the past, if you have topics you want me to cover, um, like, like we did last week with the, um, uh, and a fantastic topic. I even got tagged on that today when we, we talked about the, uh, the warm up jerseys and those changes, um, Got tagged in a thing about that, bl- blaming me for for one of the uh, the Chicago collectors that put a website together now for the history of those. So uh, um, thank you for that. Welcoming a guest back to the show um, this this week with some um, I say sad news, uh, but changes and and hopefully it it all goes in the best and. Uh, Nick, you, you the, the last show we did together uh, had a, a great reception. Had a lot of people reach out. I know it got shared around a lot of places. You yeah. you know Nick from whjcanada.com, World Hockey Jerseys Canada. We talked and the about the Greek national uh, team too. Yep, I was just getting at the Greece, <laughs> Greece ice hockey team. We talked yeah, about exactly. uh, yeah. those jerseys and stuff getting released. Nick, you have a, a start with a big announcement, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The announcement, Jason, and to everyone, there comes a time when it, when you feel inside that maybe you've come to the finish line, as they say. And the last six months, it is a feeling that is strong. Um, it's not like um, when you get packages and you put them in the closet and you don't open them for days or weeks. You kind of know that maybe it's time to, you know, move on. And um, there are health issues in my life right now with my vision, and it's becoming tiring. So it's a tiring situation, and it gets you down emotionally, Jason. And um, it's not an easy decision. Uh, I've been going since the late '80s, early '90s, long before internet, eBay, preparing mail, preparing list by hand magazines and lists yeah yeah hockey news advertising remember my first ad in uh january 91 just a small little classified in the hockey news i was in junior high (laughs) (laughs) and advertising the hockey news was expensive back then oh i could imagine Um, that little ad was like 150 bucks and back then 150 yeah but the hockey money was that jason that was the vehicle to reach people there was no Facebook, there was no GameWorn.net, you know. And it was a niche market because it was just those people. That's it. We had the Murph Denny's, the Milk Byron's, the the Brad Moore's, the dealers. And it was the same standard. Type out a list, handwrite a list, get the envelopes, lick the postage. and uh, When postage was reasonable. Yeah, and send them out and wait till the phone rings. Get them away for the money orders and those green money orders from the U.S. Post. Oh yes, yep. The and uh, then layer money orders, and they were pink too. Yes, for Canada, for Canada. Yeah, I I remember buying those when even even still on eBay uh, early on, sending money orders before PayPal and that exists. Yeah, yeah. There comes a time when if you if it if you feel it inside that you have to step away. You just can't fight it anymore. You just have to do what you have to do. And I just want to announce to everyone and yourself that I will be winding down the business known as World Hockey Juries Canada, a business that started in Athens, Greece in 2005. And gonna I've completed all my deals that I needed to. And from now on, I'll just be selling my inventory. It's going to take me a while. But I know that it's a. I feel better now. I feel more calm and relieved and all that. It's a tough decision. Oh, you're trying sure. To, you're trying to wrestle with it, Jason, and um, and but you can't. You know, you have to. You got to listen to what your mind and body and soul say. 
and I am stepping down. Um, if somebody I've reached out to some people, somebody wants to take over the site, you know, the door is open, but I see a market change. I see the, the winds of change too, economic wise and interest wise. I'm seeing, let's say when I leave, who's going to take over, like all these dealers that have moved on, like the Murph Denny's and the Brian Moore's, there hasn't been a influx of replacements. You know, it's, you look at the Facebook game worn pages, it's people that pick up stuff here and there, one of and all that and do eBay or, you know, who's going to fill the void of a dealer that has a good relationship with the junior teams and the photos I sent you when I went to the Quebec Hockey League draft in Sherbrooke as a, as a accredited member representing the Atlantic Winter Sports Federation. That was emotional because I had dealt with a lot of people since the early 90s by phone. It was my first time meeting them and the rapport and the, the feeling of each other getting to meet each other after all these years was touching. Like the Victoriaville Tigre, Audrey, Tom, and all that. I remember I introduced myself to Audrey and the like at the Quebec Hockey League draft, each team had a box, like a suite for the players. Mm -hmm. So I mingled in there. I just went by, pick up some jerseys, say hello to the people. <laughs> that I, Hey, it wouldn't be a draft if I didn't pick up, did some of business. Course. Of course. And I remember the Victoriaville Tigre. I met Audrey who sends out the jerseys to me and she was delighted. And the marketing guy was around there and he heard that I was there and he goes are you nick are you nick and i go yeah oh nice to meet you nice to meet you it's not about the jerseys it's about the people exactly and i was touching my final draft in sherbrooke because in the 90s i used to go and let me let uh let me tell you the quebec hockey league is the only league in junior hockey that does arena drafts everything is all internet in the Owen western hockey league now and That's i went interesting that they've see. still stayed the old way they like the presentation. They like the show. It was amazing, Jason. To be, I can imagine. I'll remember this, that uh, there were parents, there were sisters, brothers of the prospects. It was such a great atmosphere. One kid was drafted. Everybody applauded. Everybody was happy for each other. You don't see that in life much today, you know? And I heard that, I heard that comment a lot from other people. It was a splendid. It was great to be in that atmosphere. But for me, I knew I made my decision and I wanted to go to the draft in Sherbrooke to say goodbye and to let them know what I'm up to and working with Greece now. It was a can't miss thing. I have to go. And that gave make me made me feel better. And I'll remember that draft. It was emotional. I mean, there were people that I've dealt since the nineties. Who can say that? I mean, sure, it's it's that long term commitment of and people that you've worked with now for decades, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, not not just random people that come and go. People that have been with those teams that long. Yeah, yeah, like Nepi and Shikudami, Diane and Shikudami. Those are people that have been there since the nineties when shoes were like fifty bucks, yeah. and nobody wanted them. Nobody wanted them. Another story. I picked up a Laval Titan back then from. For $50, Sandy McCarthy, the goon who played with Calgary. Oh, wow. And, you know, who was selling them. Bob Hartley, the coach. There was actually coaches <laughs> in charge of game worn jerseys. And you had to make the check payable to Bob Hartley. And wherever Bob went, and in Cornwall with the Aces, the secretary would say, Nick, we have the jerseys. Please make the checks out to Bob Hartley. As if he negotiated a bonus, you know? Nice. But that was how it was done back then. Sure. And I want to let people know, and I remember before the draft, I went by and see, saw Classic in uh, Delson near there. And I had a chance to talk with Drake, with a new person there. And he said, Nick, let's have a seat. Tell me how you started in the 90s. And when I was telling them these his stories, he, these stories, they were he was fascinated how it was back then. And that's how it was. That's yeah, how it was. And a lot of the younger collectors don't don't realize, no. like you said, started no. in in uh, magazines, and and you would sometimes. Sports collectors digest in the hockey news. That's yep. all. 
Sometimes yeah. the list or sections of the list would be posted in the ad yeah. or you would mm -hmm. write to you or whoever yeah. and say, send me the list of what you got. Yeah, that's all it was. And for Canadian readers, I mean, you'd get them a week late and you phone and the jerseys would be sold. You know? <laughs> but that's how it was. And, you know, the new collectors. And I want to bring up a topic where, you know, the old school clashes with the new school, you know. They didn't, they don't know how it was back then. And, you know, old habits are hard to break, you know? Sure. I've tried, I've tried. And, you know, I mean, but you can tell that the separation of the two schools of thought, that's how it was done. No LOAs back then, no video matching, no photo matching. It was get the money, send out the jersey. Yeah, and and social media has changed it a lot, and then yeah. we, saw, we saw the forums start yeah. up once the the internet age would help mm -hmm. some, but it was still in its infancy. It was still run the old school way. Is is people yes. would post lists of what they had, and you yeah. could email them and stuff. Now, I mean, a little bit more quicker communication compared to phone or mail. Yeah, uh, be able to email some pictures once you either yeah. took pictures and scanned them previous to digital cameras, or there were no pictures in the nineties. It was just lists. It yeah, just... and you just wondered. You got descriptions if if you wanted where. Yeah, like Mel Byron's list. There was just a list. There was no full descriptions. Yeah, usually give you what the year is if he had multiple years, okay. or you know, two two words: heavy wear, light wear. You know. Right. <laughs> Board burns holes. That's all. And, but you know what? It was, for me, it was, I liked it back then. It was more personal. You didn't hide behind the computer, Jason. You actually talked to people. The phone, going to the drafts, going to the sports shows, the Sport Card Expo, the National. Toronto had a lot of shows from um, Sport Card Expo, Annette Lawrence, Paul Marin. Uh, George Morrow had the arena shows, the big arena shows that were like the Canadian National. And That's I'm glad where... some of those still happen. Not many. The the big na the big expo in Toronto happens. Chicago little... still has their big, yeah. big uh, yeah. show, but there's but no show... there's not as many, but at least some no. still do take place. But that's how what that's where you would gather, congregate to meet, to do some trading, some buying, some selling. But it was mostly advertising the hockey news, SCD, send out lists and wait for the phone call and the check or money order. Right. <laughs> that money order got there. We know it's good to go. And you know what? It was nice. It was peaceful. It was like a mom, like a homely situation, very homely. Sure. But now with Facebook and internet, you know, there's trolling, there's, you know, I mean, that's not what it, how it was, Jason. No, and and it I will say with the with the expos that happen uh, yeah. here and in Canada, that mm -hmm. helps keep that uh, call it tradition yeah. alive, and yeah. that that face to face the trading, yeah. uh, what whatever it is, the the putting a face with a name. The number of times just in the in the two expos that we've done in St. Louis, yeah, we went to one in Chicago several years ago, is guys I'd talked to for years. Finally, yeah. getting to just have a beer face to face with them, and yeah. I mean, even if we didn't make a jersey deal, we told stories and all this stuff, and that's like you said, that's what it's about. Hey, that's what it was for the Quebec Hockey League drafts that I used to go to, and that was great. You felt more comfortable. The rapport and relationships were built for future, you know. Oh, for for sure, and mm. I mean, you've you've watched the hobby grow and yeah. change. What what do you think of? What's the future of the hobby look like from your from your perspective? The thing, the things that I would, if we did a SWAT analysis, the threats today that I would consider as a threat, a lot of inventory is set to come out. There's people retiring. There's people that realize that 300 sweaters, what I'm going to do with them, my kids don't want them. That's going to be a lot of jerseys coming out, Jason. Is there enough people to absorb all those jerseys? Sure, mm -hmm. and the, the teams pulling oh, yeah. away from using Migre or, yeah. or other people mm -hmm. and and doing it themselves, and then pumping yeah. them out or not not understanding the either the yeah. pricing and they get stuck with them or or yeah. not documenting. Oh. I mean, it's it's gotten messy with even some of the the way the teams do it. 
next year when Adidas is gone, look at the inventory that's going to come out. Right. Yeah, even just a number of blanks and issued. And yeah. So that when when Reebok uh, went away, yeah. Adidas took over. His teams blew out just tons they, of crap that you didn't know. And and it deja vu all over again. Deja yep. vu all over again. And fanatics, how they're going to brand that? How they're going to market that? With that, I mean, and I hope they don't. <laughs> another example. I mean, Migre had twenty three teams in the early two thousands, down to what five or six teams. Teams are doing it themselves. No experience. I mean, there's young marketing people there that can't answer people's questions. They don't like answer people's questions. They don't want to go over. They want to quick get it out, make the money, you know? And there's another threat. There's another threat. There's not many good experience, like the, the, the experience of like, you know, why couldn't Mel Byron be working with the Flyers? Why couldn't I be working together with Brandon Marsh in Toronto. I mean, you know, I mean, why couldn't you be working with the blues, you know? Sure. And, and some teams are receptive to that as we make yeah. more contacts and, and give it help, try to help give advice, but mm -hmm. it's, it's a balance of, as you've heard us even talk on other podcasts is possibility of, they don't really care. It's just about the money. They don't, yeah. they don't care about the collector. They just want to get them sold. And what's yeah. made it easier for a lot of teams is the, the easy app, the apps, the, the the text auction apps, the website apps, where they can just upload the picture, quick description, auction yeah. them off, and yeah. and set the minimum price, and not have to worry about them, get them shipped, and that's it. Yeah, that's one thread. The other thread is I've seen it. The pricing has gone down. I mean, three years ago with the COVID-free money in North America, Canada, and the US, mm -hmm. prices were strong. Jason for junior shirts, minor league shirts, and all that. I've seen a big drop in the prices right now. And that's especially the junior market too. And and honestly, the point I've seen that drop off in a lot of NHL ones too is yes, you saw yes. last few years you saw either the auction prices or team mm -hmm. prices yeah be high, and and the the inventory would move. Now the yeah. prices, some of them still stick around there if they're if they're being hard listed at a price, yeah, and they sit or the teams put them up for auction. And as you know, I track the, the St. Louis blue stuff is there's yeah. definitely a downtrend. I mean, yeah. some of the, the big name guys still sure. hold close, but overall yeah. the, the prices are down. Yeah. The last classic auction, you know, I have nothing but the best for Mark, uh, Nina, Francis, uh, Drake and all those people there. But a lot of the common stuff in the juniors, I talked to a few collectors, they saw a big difference in pricing down. Oh, sure. Like I'll give you an example, Jason. Uh, Pete Peters, um, one of the major contributors on the Authentic page, mm -hmm. sorry, on the Game Worn page, as well as the Authentic page, he had a Salt Lake City Golden Eagles, you know, with the feathers and the big round logo. Oh yeah. It was a Tom Draper, and he was trying to get through Facebook five ninety nine, six ninety nine, and it was in Mark's auction, and I was the winning bidder at two hundred eighty seven dollars. Wow. And that's again, classic does it the best. Their jerseys, there's a variety of everything for everybody. Oh yeah. But but I notice the pricing and with my eBay auctions too. But and I guess let me ask you this question too, is is you and I are are both old school. A lot of mm -hmm. the guys that are on the that join me on the podcast on a regular yeah. basis are are the old older school collectors and yeah. and appreciate the the older teams, but a lot, mm -hmm. do you think, and I, and I kind of lean this direction is the newer people coming to the hobby. Don't give a damn about the, the old stuff, the historic stuff or the yeah. minor league teams that don't exist. They might care if, if it's a pipe, what if, or is, or was a pipeline to yeah. what their current team is maybe, but beyond that, there's yeah. not the, we're all getting older. We're not purchasing yeah. as much as that stuff because again, exactly. we're all getting older. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing too. And in the publications and media guides, that was a strong area too. Sure. But now nobody reads. Everything is on the Kindle and the iPad and the phone. Nobody reads. And media guides, programs have taken a plunge. And as you said, the old school have moved on. They've got everything. There's not enough young people to absorb that, you know? And I see it with the junior hockey that I do. Um, for the vintage they're okay still. When I say vintage, like 
a good friend of mine and collector, Sam Olson, he has a strict rule in that he collects pre-Reebok things like, you know, Bauer, Nike, CCM mm -hmm. of the 90s, early 2000s. But these new fans in Kamloops, Regina, um, Medicine Hat, uh, Prince Albert, give them new stuff the last five years all day. And you couldn't care about a shirt from 20 years ago. But that's the vintage part that we like. Yeah. You know? I'm seeing, I'm seeing not enough. When I set up at the Toronto show in April, I did meet new people that bought. They're out there. But they're selective, like they're careful. They're selectively buying. And I wonder if that's going to be in jerseys. I mean, look at the junior teams, 40, 50 shirts each year, and there's 60 of them. Oh, 3,000 shirts. And if the, the NHL, does, if the player doesn't go anywhere or or he doesn't have yeah. a fan following mm -hmm. or the family doesn't buy it, yeah. The, yeah. The, the demand is low. And in junior team, 2022 20, shirts, you'll have two to four draft picks. What do you do mm -hmm. with the rest, the 16 and 17 jerseys that are left over? Like Adam Schmidt and Dylan Lickenchuk out west, they collect, just collect high-end players. I mean, okay, that's three or four out of the 20. What what happens to the rest? Who's going to come in to do that once Nick is gone? I mean, who's going to who, – who are the candidates? I don't see anybody. Well, and and it's I mean Nathan Ross. Uh, I reached out to Nathan Rossi. Uh, you know Nathan Rossi, the big yep. flipper. I mean, and he didn't even respond. And I go, look, you got you know, like, dude, don't sit in in front of your computer and just buy stuff from eBay and try to flip it. Go out there. There's inventory out there for you. Good inventory. And but I don't getting it in a bulk yeah. deal. You can, yeah. you're still going to be able to make money off of that. Why do people like that just hunt the eBay stuff to mark it up? I mean, when I'm gone and some other people are gone, what's going to, who's going to take over? I don't see any. That's another threat. Who's going to take over? Who's going to fill the void? And in some cases, because the, the market, like the junior market, is soft in general, unless it's particular players, is somebody that might think about getting into the business of selling jerseys may not want to touch those because the amount of yeah. work they have to do for yeah. the return isn't worth it. Yeah. But you know what, Jason, when people like Nathan Rossi just scours eBay marketplace, that's a hell of a lot of work. And all you have to do is pick up the phone, make the contact with the team and they got droves of jerseys ready to sell at great prices, you know? Sure. And, and I see that with some of the teams that show up on sideline or, or yeah. people selling on sideline mm -hmm. or where others where they've bought a bulk buy from whatever team it is. And, and they, yeah. some of them are reasonable or some of them, they sit and they sit and they sit. Well, yeah. you better eventually lower the price. And when the strong dealer network of the nineties and two thousands moved on, there wasn't enough replacements coming in. Right. And I don't know that there like, ever well, will be. No, you're right there, Jason. Jason, that's another thing that that is concerning too. So where will be the avenue? Where will will there be deal? I mean, I've heard that another veteran leader, without naming names, is going around that Pittsburgh may be doing it themselves. And Joe Tolman is a great. Sorry, I mentioned the name, but Joe Tolman's a hell of a guy. And I bought from Joe the over the years. The first time I bought from him, and and it came in the mail, and and I got the receipt, and it said. Uh, Toman funeral home. I'm like, wait, what? Funeral home. I remember <laughs> that. Threw that. me off a little bit, but yeah, Joe. I've I've known Joe for a long time, and I bought things here and there over the years. And and again, he's been the guy for that for he's decades. A gentleman, a scholar, and a great person to be to deal with. But let's say the rumor is true, and Pittsburgh takes over them. You know, I want. I would like to see new dealers come in. I mean, there's room. But, but it it is a big. I mean, as you know, it's a it's a big cost, and and I've had friends reach out to teams to try and even buy yeah. just one home and road set so they could market yeah. them, and it was stupid money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same in the IHF too now, Jason, and my bread and butter part of mm -hmm. the world hockey jerseys. The prices have dropped too on the IHF jerseys too. And I've scoured it. I've dealt with a lot of federations and 
that takes a lot of work and language barriers. Too, oh, right. You know? As we talked about the last time you were here is, is kind of how that whole program works and, and yeah. all the, all the back end work you've got to do. Like look at Connor O'Reilly who put together the vintage tackle collection. He was telling me he was using different translation software to communicate with the person in Czech Republic, Czechia, Slovakia, Poland. I couldn't do that with my, with my health right now. The last I couldn't do that, Jason. Yeah, that's I exhausting. Couldn't. It is. It is. And it's too bad that there aren't more Connor O'Reilly's, myself, who it it's a great venture for somebody who would like to do it. But I see a lot of hesitation. I mean, I reached out to Nathan Rossi because I said, look, it seems like you're you're young, you're going gung-ho about it. Try the teams, buy it or try some inventory from me from the teams never got back to me you know and there's a few others like who buy from me and then you see it on ebay for double and i reach out i said look the teams are waiting for you i don't see it's not a gamble it's not a big gamble you know i mean i've been doing it for so many years it's not really a big gamble and and maybe what what it is too is you and i grew up with with watching I mean, watching hockey in general as we were younger mm -hmm. and coming up and, and seeing these jerseys show up in the stores of the team sometimes or with uh, in, in the hockey magazines where you could buy mm -hmm. them. And they were they were hard to get a hold of. They were you yeah. followed that player. You were, were yeah. behind them. You wanted to pick up the jersey, yeah. be it a, a low level player or somebody mm -hmm. big like like Brett Hall, Doug Waite, the, any of those kind of players, the, the big name guys. But now when it's I can op I can get on my computer and yeah. find either if you if I don't want to spend the money for a game or get an authentic that's crap or yeah. easily find my team, there's mm -hmm. no there's no challenge anymore. And no. the average yeah. you've got the mix between the 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 let's say the hardcore collector and then the the fan that might pick up a few. And and I've mm -hmm. You and I've talked to both and and we're out here trying to educate yeah. the the next wave of collectors. Mm -hmm. And some are very receptive and others come in brand yeah. new and just think because they've read some crap on the internet, they're an expert in this now. Yeah, yeah. You said collectors. What about future prospective dealers? I don't see any. <laughs> right. That's that's the that's the big concern is ten years from now, how many dealers are are going to be left that aren't and where the net where will be the network for the distribution of these things right who's going to take over the ihf uh aspect of things i've opened a lot of doors i mean it's there but i don't see people banging down the doors jason to get involved junior market i give credit to adam schmidt and dylan lickenchuk and all that but it's not just the star players i mean if you buy 10 or 12 the teams will give you a good deal you know and I've even well, tried that with my junior team is offered mm -hmm. to to put them out besides because they use dash and then in the yeah. just in the house. But there's other people that want that design mm -hmm. or whatever. And the team's like, nah, we don't we don't want to mess with it. OK, fine. Your market's a shitload smaller. Yeah. You brought up a good point. Now, another factor that can that I've placed a role in when I'm, you know, packing it in auctions, Jason, there everybody's going to auctions mm -hmm. dash. Uh, 32 auctions. I mean, they've dropped the ball the way they handle. I mean, these auction companies don't want to answer questions and you lose the personal customer service. Sure. You see Dash, they're, they got hundreds of teams on board, Jason. Oh, yeah. Baseball, football, hockey, minor leagues. And is that the future? Is that the future distribution network? Well, and the thing is, is this right here is your cell phone. They have yeah. you, one of the big things is when you're in the arena, be it uh, a yeah. football stadium, baseball, hockey, yeah. whatever, they're on the, the jumbotron. Hey, there's an auction going on right yeah. now. Why don't you check it out? Well, yeah. you can whip out the computer in your pocket and immediately yeah. say, oh, crap, yeah. I'm seeing maybe seeing that jersey in front of me. I can yeah. I'm immediately connected and I'm more likely to to place a bid or learn about it mm -hmm. being in the arena. Yeah. And you've opened that's up what, your that's marketplace. My, that's my concern. Where will be the future distributions? For me, I see the dealers. They may not be around in the next five years. 
the auction houses? That's hard to say. And I think it's all going to be digital, as you said. 32 auctions, Dash, CHL auctions, uh, Giver G that does Hockey Canada. I mean, that was my baby in the eight, in the 90s and 2000s. I used to get those jerseys. And, you know, I've got a good relationship with uh, the boys in Calgary. I mean, I've been there since, I was there since the early 90s. I'm now an alumni member, you know, and I'm registered with them. They just use the auctions, you know, for the women's, the men's. I used to get those sets from Denny Hinault, Troy Parchman, uh, Laurie Bush in the early 90s. And we had the mail-in program, Hockey News, SCD. And everything's now auction. Is that the future? Auctions? I mean, don't forget, the auction houses aren't cheap for the teams. They take a, they take right. from both the buyer and the seller, you know. And and I don't know, like does like St. Louis uses Give Smart and some of the other teams yeah. use them as well. I don't know what if they pay like a yearly subscription or if if Give Smart no and Dash gets a cut of each auction. Dash gets a cut from both sides. Okay. They charge the buyer's premium for the buyer, three, four percent or something like that. Um Brady Shave and Moose Jaw with the Warriors, he said, Nick, I know what you're saying. CHL auctions one at ten percent. It's just a platform. Wow. So there's no there's no people that there's no calling up CHL auctions to get questions answered, you know? Because so the what's team's the still doing all the work. It's just that's the platform or the software to, yeah. to put it out to everybody. Yeah. God, but it's a there's huge cut much, for that. I mentioned that in some of the posts on Facebook. These kind of auction houses, that'd be beautiful if there was a team representative in liaison, you know, being there to answer the questions. Sure. That would that would be a true working operation working great but it's not happening it's and not happening. we've seen we we have seen and i mentioned a little bit before is we've seen teams take stuff in-house and some teams i will say to their credit have have learned and seem to do well and seem to understand it and others it, it's it's a disaster is either their pricing is screwed up what they sell they don't disclose properly um and then it gets messy because once that comes out that okay they they're selling all these that are either uh made up and the player never touched it or, yeah. or they duplicated mm -hmm. all that then those teams get kicked in the ass because mm -hmm. they they didn't do their proper thing yeah. and in some cases get sued over it you yeah, see lawsuits in both the u.s and canada over that yeah, stuff. I know. I know. But the teams, the teams, they're loyal to these auction sites. And as long as they get their money, in most cases, they don't care. They don't care, Jason. But and a lot of betting like, collectors do care. Sure. And because we put our... Even, we care. We right, care. We put our heart and soul into this stuff. Yeah, I know. I put my heart and soul since the early 90s when I started. And I it's a passion. I'm passionate about it. And... I don't like the what's going to happen. I don't like the changes. And I'm not saying it out of arrogance or ignorance. I'm just, I can see the writing on the wall. And Well, and you've fun. seen how things have changed over your yeah. career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing that I'm, will be disappointed is if nobody, nobody does the junior shirts or the IHF. They're beautiful jerseys. They're one of a kind. They're one of a kind. There's no four sets, five sets, six sets, you know. Now, have you talked to many of the, the uh, IHF teams about what the their plans are? Um, most of them, Jason, are run out of a house. It's like okay. a mom and pa. I brought that up when I was an alternate delegate with Greece last year in Turkey, in um, Antalya, Belek. We, I went to the marketing conference seminar and then Shelby mall and a few others from the ihf and they were the marketing people of each federation i i was the last i put up my hand as the last speaker and i gave out an all passionate uh basically who i was what i've done with team canada what i've been doing with you guys the federations or a lot of them didn't know about me my my colleague sotiris from the federation in greece who was the uh head delegate the the governor has you know give people a chance to delegates the IHF semi annual and annual congress is like the equivalent of the NHL board of governors meeting okay. if, you, if you can get in there 
you know, you've reached the cherry on top <laughs> of the cake, you know, and what a great experience to be in the small United Nations room of 80 countries, you know. I gave out a, per a passionate speech of who I was, and Sotiris after came up and said, bravo, you did well, and I want to tell you something. Some delegates next to me were saying, who is this guy? Where has he been? Where is he? Who is he? And I, I basically said, IHF, why can't you have a program for... And I talked to a few delegates after, Jason, the logistics. Europe is... I've been in Europe, lived there in 17 years. It's different. A lot of bureaucracy. It's a close-knit sure. community. There's VATs. There's value-added taxes in each country that's different. It's collected different. Um, here's another thing for my fellow collectors and all that with um, the IHF and... Um, and uh, TACLA and all that, it's that, um, it's, uh, it's, there's logistic nightmares of having a, a lot of the federations, the hockey programs controlled by the Olympic Committee. And you know how the Olympic Committees yeah. and YOC are strict with marketing license and advertising. Sure. I'll bring up an example. I met the new lady from Croatia. I used to deal with Eva. Tuber, very sweet lady. You pick up the phone in Zagreb. She picks up the phone in Zagreb. How many shirts do you need, Nick? What do you need? And when she left and it took was taken over by the Croatian Olympic Committee, Maria, who I met in Belek, Turkey at the Semiannual Congress, you know what she said? And I almost cried. She goes, our government and the committee, Olympic Committee has put the lids on selling because it's property of the Olympic Committee, the Croatian Olympic Committee. We rather throw them out or burn them before we sell them. That's it's, stupid because Croatia doesn't uh, have a lot of money. You'd think by selling no, it, it would help fund Jason, things. Jason, I've lived in the EU. I've lived in Greece. I've gotten to travel to these countries and the Congress. It's more, they stick together and that's why the Euro is strong. I mean, Sure. For a month, one fifteen, and for us Canadians, I mean, Canadian dollar dollars toilet paper over there, it's one fifty two. So on ten thousand Canadian dollars, it's just sixty four hundred euros, and wow. you lose three thousand six hundred euros. You lose five thousand bucks to the exchange. Poof in the air. You don't get that back. So I want to educate my call my friends and collectors in the IHF, and I've talked to Connor O'Reilly and a few others, Anthony Farah, Gary Lawrence they would welcome that but the logistics and um who was it uh the delegate from spain um a great guy and um sergey from spain great guy appreciate i've done business with them for many years and they appreciate that he goes nick it's a logistics nightmare what vat is going to be collected how is the ihf going to distribute that money how they're going to get the, through the obstacle of the olympic committees like qatar uh United Arab Emirates, their hockey program falls under the Olympic Committee. Once you're under the Olympic Committee, you got to abide by the Olympic, the IOC, the, um, the IOC, and they're strict with advertising. They protect their logos, Jason. And when Maria from Croatia said, it's better for us to throw them out, I just, inside of me, I just went, oh, yeah, that, was the worst. that was the worst thing I've heard throughout all the years that's sad you you'd think again that croatia is not a rich country well it's not i mean they just entered the eu and right. if they enter the euro they're going to get destroyed like greece greece has no business in the euro because the euro is a strong currency jason it's an industrial currency like the germany's countries that have the northern italy's you know mm -hmm. countries like greece i mean look at czechia and slovakia they're not in the euro poland's not in the euro hungary's not in the euro they don't have the industry. When Greece entered the euro, any industry and factories they had moved to Turkey. It was cheaper. Moved to uh, Albania, to Macedonia. The IHF parallels follows. Like the IHF was run close-knit. And a classic example is the president before NFSL, Gunther Zabitsky. He ran that like a ma and pa closed shop. Those were the dark ages. I mean, here's a joke, but it's true. The Winter Olympic tournament in Calgary was about to be canceled because he hadn't arrived yet in his limousine, you know? Jeez. But that's, you know, we're talking about the Eagleson, Zabetsky, Wirtz, Ziegler clan, you know? I mean, 
And a lot of those federations in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, I thought a federation was this big loyal order of water buffalo federation, you know? Mm -hmm. And it turns out most of them, like the, I'll give you an example. Most of them were run up part-time, like the Greek Federation under Mr. Hadzi Athanasiou. His office in northern Athens, a suburb in Marusi, it was staffed from 6.30 to 8.30. Mr. Hadzi Athanasiou had his import-export company during the day. <laughs> so it was his, his so afternoon they, evening work. That's right. And you know what? That's It's hard to change. That's why Europe, they can't live together but they can live together under a common currency because there's different cultures. There's different, there's thousands of years of different cultures there. Oh, sure. And that's, and I think that's one reason why you cannot get an eye like NHL, all the leagues in North America have a league wide marketing and merchandising, not in the IHF. And it's for those reasons, Jason and to everyone listening out there and to my friends and fans and collector customers in the IHF, I hate to disappoint you, but I've tried. And my passionate plea last year in Belek, it was great. People respected that. but And even Shelby from the IHF, she said, it's difficult. We're all different federations in different countries with different legislation, from tax to advertising to sponsors to marketing. They have this big company called Infront, but people like us that I've mentioned don't really know what Infront is, and the IHF pays them big money. From what I figured out, Infront is just um, broadcasting, broadcasting rights. So there's no see, it's not a marketing company just doesn't do broadcasting; it does licensing. Sure, but they don't do that. And uh, maybe it sounds like a lot of teams are missing the boat, but they don't they are, do any kind of effort. They they complain about well, this rule or that rule or this happens. Well, you know what? Then you start rattling the cages of those people and saying you're losing out on this money. You're losing yeah. out on what could be huge amounts of money. That would help development, new right. arenas, development. That's why here with the Greece program that I'm with, the merchandise, the jerseys, the pucks, pennants, and you know. It took two years from the day I presented it to them with my presentation. It took two years to get the signatures required and the approval just for a merchandise program. But they saw the the benefits yeah. of that. Yes. That money is going to be used for arena to build the rink and regulation size rink and to fund the program. And the Ukraines of the world and the Serbias, there's countries that are hurting. They don't get money from the state. They don't get money from the Olympic committees. They're on their own. And they've got jerseys dating back the 90s. I mean, another example, Hungary. Good friends with Zoltan Kovacs. He's the general secretary. And his president is above him, right? And he's always helped me in the past with jerseys. And he wants to help me. And you know what he said to me? Belek, he goes, you know how much I love to help you. And I go, yeah. And he goes, the president and I don't see eye to eye on a few things. And one of them is raising money from the merchandise and the jerseys and all that because hungary now is division a could you imagine like you could get good money for the hungary division a nike jerseys oh yeah no there's a zoltan does not even though he's a general secretary president won't let him sell <laughs> you've got so, you've got things that are just sitting there that will generate yes. lots of revenue and you'll just let them sit instead Yes, they are sitting there. There's a lot of federations, Jason, that they've got stuff from the 90s, the old night. Like South Africa, another good federation that I've dealt with, with um, Dylan and uh, Jason Surf. We met in Belek, and he understood that. And they've got jerseys from the 90s, the Nike and S&P jerseys that are peeling because it was all, all heat press. Jeez. But still people would Big clamor to get those. Yes, there's, as I said, on the IHF jersey page, the Dimitri Shmerkevichs, the Gary Lawrences, the Anthony Ferras, the, you know, the night, you know, the vintage collectors. Mm -hmm. They would, they would, they would buy them all day and all night. But they can't get them out. But the can't. people in charge are idiots. <laughs> or bad rules. That's part of it, yes. But they're also, they don't think outside the box. Vision. You got to look outside the box. Right. So you know in 
now that now that you've launched the the Greece program, how is that yeah. since the last time we talked? Well, about I want to update everybody with good news. Tomorrow I leave for Montreal. We're playing our first three games after ten years. Wow, of an activity. It is a team of North American Greeks from Greek parents, or probably a grandfather <laughs> somewhere <laughs> down the road, like the baseball teams in Athens in 04, like uh, the softball, the ladies' Greece team. Most of them were Jones and Smith, but <laughs> they found a granny somewhere in a town outside Athens or a village in uh, Tripoli or Sparti, you know, or Mistra, you know, that was Greek. Made that link back there. <laughs> and um, our players tomorrow for the three games against Lebanon are players that have played in the Quebec Hockey League that have Greek citizenship from their parents. There's collegiate. Uh, George Makrakostas is a very good player on the Robert Morris team in Pennsylvania, the college. Mm-hmm. Our Latin Cup team includes guys like the Zegras cousins of the Zegras who plays in uh, Anaheim. Oh yeah. Uh Nick Porikos, who is who was in Michigan, the University of Michigan. Paul Rank, I thought you I would let you know we have an old Michigan Wolverine. <laughs> yes, all's, a, all's a big Michigan guy. So the players this weekend are see again the strict rules of the IHF and the like Greece is still under the old ways of um, you know the the envelope with the money under the table, you know, mm-hmm. the bribes, you know, Mediterranean culture, Jason, you know, sure. um, they're strict. You have to be living in Greece, playing in a league for two years with a regulation size ring. We don't have that. So we've drawn upon Greeks abroad to form a heritage team, not a national team, but a heritage team that allows us to wear the colors of Greece and to play in non-sanctioned IHF tournaments, which but it gets the recognition games. and the name out there to yes. help this program grow. That's what we're doing. You know what? That's what we're doing. Um, and then the Latin Cup in August in Sunrise, Florida. That's that's a big accomplishment too. The Latin Cup is North American, Central America, and South America: Argentina, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Venezuela, Colombia, which has really come on. Maybe we get to see. Maybe we'll see Leon Messi play for Argentina, the hockey team. You know, and it's but, Florida, so it's beautiful to go down there anyway. We're playing at the Sunrise facility of the Florida Panthers. Very nice. And it's hey, we, you know, again, we reached the cherry on top of the mm-hmm. chocolate cake. It's covered by the NHL streaming, you know, and it's a great way to get the sport back on ice, to get Greece back on ice, you know. But the obstacle will be the arena and getting the boys to go to Greece, which they have military obligations still. Mm-hmm. And you have to go at least three to six months. The wages are not that good down there. I mean, our captain tomorrow, George Makrakosis, he's entering law school. I mean, he's not going to move down to Greece and work for seven, 800 euros a month as a lawyer where he can make a hundred thousand here. You know, right. um, there's about 250 players left in Greece that are registered. I mean, what we're doing basically, we're getting back on ice, giving them some enthusiasm and that we're, it can be done. And maybe we can get a national team mixture of the players in Greece and the the Greek diaspora, the Greeks abroad, you know? Mm-hmm. And our merchandise program, it was like, again, Greece, and the symbols are run by the Hellenic Olympic Committee. We had, you know, the president, Mr. Sotiris Patsalas, who's in charge of hockey, had to work extra to convince the Hellenic Olympic Committee to let the colors and the symbols be used for fundraising. And, you know, that was very nice of them. And they, all those gentlemen were outside the box thinking, and they saw that it's a good revenue generator. Well, so it's a that, way to grow the program as you get those out. It's it's yeah, advertising. That was a great accomplishment. And um, you know what? I may be stepping down from World Hockey Jersey Canada and the jerseys, but I will continue as best I can to get Greece back in international competition, Division IHF, Division Three. I'm Greek. 
I lived there for 17 years. Mom and dad are Greek. I love the country. And I want to give something back to the country that I lived with for and I continue to go down because it's a beautiful country. Maybe I'll be the manager of a hockey rink. You never know down in Greece and Athens. Our plan will be to start with a hockey rink, a bubble format. Just put the pad, the regulation ice, mm -hmm. and the tennis bubble, you know? Yeah. That fulfills the requirement for the for the hockey having a rink. And after that, the development comes easy, you know? We plan on having men's and women's teams, you know? We're looking at investors to help too. Like the Greeks abroad are strong. They they're passionate about the country, you know. And and I know you mentioned before is making the connections with the uh, uh, Greeks that are in the NHL or have have. Yes, yes. I talked to Chris Contos a few days ago. That was nice. He was happy to to know that we're back on ice and he's willing to help. We gave us Andreas Athanasiou. The Greece jersey when I was in Toronto at the game after the game. Um, I was told that he follows us now on the Greek ice hockey Instagram page, you know. Very nice. There's the Z there's the Zegras family who's Trevor plays. Trevor, I think, plays with Anaheim. I think is it Trevor Zegras? Yep. Yep. That'll yep. be it. And his two cousins are playing with us in the Latin Cup, you know. We had Oren. We had Oren Coulston, Miles. Oren was the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning with Len Berry, if you remember. Mm -hmm. But he's Cypriot, and he couldn't get the Greek papers, so he had to bow out. So we have some oh. good, you know, the the players we're going to have this weekend, and the players we're going to have at Latam, they're junior Division One schools, the NCAA Greeks that played in Europe in the Swedish Elite League. league. Like we got a good strong team, and I say these aren't these uh, aren't just average; these aren't beer league players you're pulling. No, they're not. No, the management from Panos Mavridis, Coach Tasso Kirkos, and the other assistant coach um, Spiro Anastasiadis, who's been a scout in the NHL, who's coached with Grand Rapids Griffins and all that. They've got put together. They painstakingly search for Greeks, and there's a lot of Greeks, and there were a lot of Greeks from Mike Caracas in Chicago in the 30s to Chris Katsopoulos, uh, Chris Chelios must be the mm -hmm. gold, the greatest of all time Greek, you know? But it's, and, it's you're you're doing an amazing job growing this and, and yeah. I think it's going to grow leaps and bounds quickly the way you're running it. Well, and from everybody, the players, the management, uh, Sotiris, the vice president, flew out. Uh, he, got, he arrived this morning to be in Montreal with us. And if that shows a good commitment, serious oh, commitment sure. from the Atlantic, bravo. That was a great move. And, you know, he's going to talk to everybody about the requirements and all that to let people know really what's going on, you know. It's the first time in 10 years. It feels good, Jason. It feels sure, it's, it's how you build that program. It's how you you cause this to explode. And, I mean, hockey, youth hockey and stuff is growing everywhere, not just in the U.S., yeah not just in Canada, around the world. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Countries, there's 80 countries almost in the IHF, and hockey's being played in the hot, exotic areas where the only ice is in a drink of rum and ouzo, you know, in Greece. <laughs> I do like... I mean, look at Turkey. Look at Turkey, Division Two, And in Istanbul, they got 14 rinks, with, and the last few new rinks have private boxes, eh? Wow. Turkey, of all countries. Yeah. Yeah, and United Arab Emirates and Qatar and all that. Philippines. That area is getting insane with that. I know know guys that have played in some of the leagues over there and and talking about yeah. stories and that. And it's insane what's being done. Ice yeah. in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> Ice in the desert with the camels. Uh, yes. The camels, you know. So, the the author from Canada, David. Dave Bedini, the hockey nomad, wrote a good book about his trips around those countries, and it's beautiful. You never would think there'd be hockey there. That's it's yeah, it's crazy to see. But you know what? It it grows the sport. It grows the hobby. Um, you wanted to, to touch on too is is you, you and you mentioned earlier your your eBay presence. Um, yeah, yeah. I wanted. I want to say yeah. The last topic I like to cover. There's some of you guys out there that think, you know, 
I've done wrong and all that. I don't feel that way. I mean, now that I'm moving on, I've been doing this since the early 90s. I've worked with a lot of solid organizations, working for Hockey Canada, with the IHF, with Greece, being a trainer for Hockey Canada, Calgary Stampeders, um, the roller hockey team, Toronto, the Planets, uh, going to the IHF meetings since 2010 as a guest observer and a delegate. I mean, if I wasn't that good and if my reputation was awful, I wouldn't even get into the door in these things. I wouldn't be hired. I wouldn't, you know. And there are some people that I've seen comments and all that about me, you know. It doesn't bother me at all. And look at my feedback, 3,000 plus positives, you know. I must be doing something good, you know. And I, you know what? Uh, say, somebody who did six years of uh, of talk radio here in the United States, and mm -hmm. one of my sayings was, "If I'm not pissing some people off, I'm not doing things right." Yeah, it, yeah. It, it just it happened. No matter what business or thing you're doing, you're mm -hmm. not a hundred percent of the people aren't going to be happy for some reason. No, I know that. I know that. But you know what? I've never ripped off anybody in terms of jerseys, bad jerseys. Um. I've never led anybody astray. I work hard to research and to help people, you know? And you know why it doesn't bother me, Jason? If one or two people comment bad against me, I know there's 10 new people out there waiting to come down, knock my door, to grab that jersey and for me to go the extra mile. So it doesn't, you know what? Over the last little while, that's how I think about it. And I'm at peace with myself. I know what I've done for this hobby and hockey and all sports. My record speaks for itself, and I wouldn't be doing these positions if my reputation and my contributions were less than 100%. You know that. And you've got some beautiful – I'm on your eBay page right now. You've got some beautiful yeah. authentics. You've got some uh, yeah. game-worn stuff, a, a good mix of everything. Uh, that's my – that's my, Baseball, that's, basketball, yeah. you've got it all. <laughs> like, you know what? I love auctions and offerings that are covering variety. You try to cater to everybody. You don't have the same stuff every time. And that's why I've managed to bring in new people from the baseball world, from the football, from the basketball into hockey and vice versa. So if I wasn't that good and if I had negative feedback and, you know, sometimes though people who have criticized me, they've done things that they was wrong, you know, I can think of two examples, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, why should I? I mean, to me, it happened, but you know what? Two bad experiences equals 10 to 20 new great experiences. That's how I look at it. Sure. I don't hold a grudge against anybody. It happens. As you said, you may, it's, it's, it's in the nature to piss some people off. Nobody, you're not going to be liked by everybody, but you know what? If you give the best effort, consistently inside in, in and out every night like a good hockey team like a good corporation like a good worker everything will be okay and one more thing i've noticed people get all edgy and frustrated about not getting the jersey they want hey everybody relax in this hobby one beautiful thing is that jersey comes back back around yep. in the hobby trust sometimes me sometimes it shows up when you least expect it and trust me everyone I've seen a lot of jerseys that I've gotten rid of that I said, oh, shucks, why? And lo and behold, six months later, a year later, two years later, it comes back and it comes back at a good price. It comes back. And you know what? Don't pout. Don't don't make don't go on the Facebook pages and complain and all that. Relax. There's enough jerseys for everybody. We right. talked about it tonight. How many jerseys? Especially we... in the in the modern jersey world, look how many yeah. people wear them. Yeah. Wait till this coming season with the Blackhawks. How many is uh, um, going to be worn by Connor Bedard? Oh yeah, and you know Chicago's marketing department is not going to oh. miss an opportunity there. Uh, same way, I I just recently picked up um, some Eric Johnson jerseys. The Blues are yeah. cleaning out their closets. Yeah, yeah. And I I got one from his rookie year, and written on the the fight strap is uh, whatever the date of the game was with a three. We I reached out to the trainer from that time, and he's like, yeah, he was wearing multiple games. He'd wear one per period, and we'd date them, and they'd be given to different people. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, who knows how many of those are floating out there? Yeah. I just know I've noticed that over the years, Jason, people get edgy and some negative stuff, you know, some, but boys and girls relax. Jerseys come back. And, and it's, it's me, not baby, like it's a Jersey from 40 or 50 years ago where no. only a handful of them exist. And you, yeah. you might wait a lifetime to see it. If it's anything modern, you can either buy a different one or yeah, oh, yeah. a lot of times those do those come back around with social media. Even the jerseys from the nineties and two thousands, they come back, they come mm -hmm. back. So it's not worth it to get energy and all that. Look out, look out for your health, look out for your well being. Well, and, and like you kind of started the show with too, is, is it's not about the, nope. the fabric in the jerseys. It's about it's the connections people. and the, and the people. people. Uh, do unto others, do not do unto, do on, do not do unto others that they don't, you don't want them to do to you. It's for right. fabric, so, for jerseys. So Nick, what is your um, time frame kind of with, with exiting the hobby or do you really yeah. have an official time frame? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm going to be more active in selling. So boys and girls, watch out for eBay. There'll be more active selling with great stuff, stuff that hasn't been seen before. I do have a little treasure chest still, you know, <laughs> but there'll be great offerings from the NHL, IHF, juniors, football, baseball, uh, basketball. Um, I'll be selling. As I said, I've completed all my deals that I needed to. Uh, from now on, it's going to be selling. And um, I'm going to roll up my sleeves more and concentrate on getting help in Greece as much as I can. And by 2024, midsummer, late summer, early 2025, it's a dream of mine. It's going to happen. I'm going to go back to Greece to retire because just south of 60, the Mediterranean in Greece is the best place to retire. Well, and you can help out being right there. Yes. You can help out that. You know program. what? Exactly. As you mentioned, by then, Maybe the first rink in Athens opens up, you know? Get your get your name on a plaque in there. <laughs> I would, uh, if my family can contribute to it, it would be an honor to have my late father. Because in Greece, the stadiums and the arenas have names, you know, they're named after various people. Mm -hmm. And that would be, a you know, because my dad grew up in Greece. And, you know, if I can help them out and all that, That'd be an honor to to do that, you know. I lived in Greece for 17 years and I started World Hockey Jerseys in Greece. I mean, who starts a hockey come <laughs> hockey jersey business in Greece? Oh, it's beautiful there. I mean, it's just yeah, shipping takes a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Some people uh, won't name names and all that. <laughs> but uh, it's a beautiful country. And you know what? Maybe we'll have the first rink in Athens and Thessaloniki, which is the equivalent of Toronto, Montreal, 510 kilometers. And maybe there's a full-fledged league. And soon the team will be back in the IHF. The Greek gods are by our side, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I wish you the best in, in your health and in the, the future yeah. of of uh, everything with the uh, with Greece and getting their program. I know mm -hmm. you're, you're super passionate about it and I'm excited to uh, yeah. continue to follow and get the updates on that. Any other final thoughts before we get out of here this evening? Yeah. And to all the collectors and people that I've met, you'll always, you know, the people will always be what I remember the most, the fabric second. And I've sold a lot of jerseys since the early nineties. You must have over 15,000 jerseys out there in people's collections, you know? And that's that says a lot. That says a lot about how I how I managed and how I um you know first started out as a small dealer and dad had a restaurant and he didn't have time to take his son to play hockey in a cold rink, six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning. He had to go to his restaurant. And when Team Canada came calling in early nineties, that was a thrill of a lifetime and it fulfilled the dream. And you know, it led to expansion of the jersey business. And isn't it interesting full circle i'm back with the team now breach you know hey, that, no regrets uh, well Nick, again thank uh how how can everybody get a hold of you or easiest way to, to reach out to you for anything you may have yes uh my options will be more regularly twice a month um my website whjcanada.com uh all my contact information is there 
If you're looking for something that I don't have, but I can help you, you know, my door is open. Uh, and if you need any research question on IHF, Junior Jersey, you know, I also have an extensive Hockey Night in Canada library from the 50s, actual complete wow. broadcasts on DVD converted from the three-quarter, from the kinescopes back then. Oh, jeez. I have over a thousand, yeah, and I'm thinking I'm making that available. These are games that are not the part of classic TV or Leafs TV. These are the actual games with intermissions back then. And the way hockey is today, Jason and everyone, if I want my hockey fix, I watch those games because that's what I grew up with, the Dave Hodge, Danny Gallivan, the in-studio interviews after the first and second periods. I have a treasure chest of those games, digitally remastered as if you were watching it yesterday. Wow. That I'd is like insane. to make that available. Oh, I'm going to make that available to everybody. And it's perfect for video matching, for research, and to enjoy, you know, and part of that collection is I try to help people. So I may be leaving the hobby, but my door is always open. If anybody needs help with authentication or the insights of a jersey where it came from, I'll always be there. And that's the true way of exiting, but being there for everybody. Well, Nick, I again, thank, oh, sorry, I go ahead. Thank, yeah, thanks to you for having me on the show. And to all my clients and customers and friends, thanks for your confidence and trust And when you buy from me. As you see by my eBay feedback, I always ship on time. I always get it out quickly. I always research my products as painstakingly as possible because, you know, I started in the 90s where research and homework was basically non-existent. I learned it from there and it was great that I started there. I honed and learned new skills. And I want to wish everybody the best with health, happiness, and the best in life always to you and your families. So it's well, been Nick, a great, it's been a great 30, 33 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy Montreal with the, uh, the tournament up. Yeah. And I'll, well I'll, I'll, you get to I'll enjoy post, yourself. I'll, I'll post pictures on the IHF page and on my website. It's a big thrill. Tomorrow marks the first time in 10 years that Greece will well, uh, it's back on ice. I remember the Lightning, their first year motto, kick ice. Greece, we are back on ice. Well, take some time to just take it all in and enjoy it, Nick. And I, I again, I hope you have an amazing time up there. I know we'll be in touch. Thank you very much, Jason. And have a wonderful evening to you and everybody. And God bless. Thank you.